0: This is Magnolia Leadership Podcast, heart, soul, and earth aligned. I'm Katherine Miller, a holistic practitioner of 30 years and your host. Join me as we discuss what it means to lead from the sacred feminine. Magnolia Leadership is here to guide you home, remind you of your courage, awaken your deepest knowing, revealing your fullest expression, and supporting your beautiful blossoming. Welcome in. Today, I talk with Jan Hemmick, a designer of delight, a maven of moving through the unknown with grace. Jan has alchemized her own pain into nourishing beauty for others to see and heal. As a designer with a deeply holistic approach, she creates products and experiences around food to draw people together. In this episode, we discuss how Jan's dreams presented the blueprint of her business holding power while moving through an unaccountable system of divorce, remembering your deepest self amidst major life changes and transformation, shifting from mothering to embodying new feminine roles. And we discuss how we are identifying the cultural and uniquely familiar programming that holds us back from trusting and stepping into our full selves. Let's get started. I'd like to just start by exploring together. We are both Southern women raised in the South. We have a deep connection there. And um, I would like to start by talking about the beautiful Magnolia, which is the guide for this entire new business and this entire podcast. She came to me in a sacred circle and said that she wanted me to birth a business named Magnolia Leadership. When I receive that clear of information, I follow, even if I don't know what that looks like. You know, I'm in this very much in this gestation, but now the birthing process of magnolia leadership. So I would love to do two things with you around this topic. One is just talk to you about the magnolia and how it has shown up in your life, if it has, and I think it probably has, being from the South. And two, just talk about any sort of sacred images or, guides that have come to you that you have followed and how that how that has played out because we're very much in the feminine here receiving images being in co-creation with source right so i'll just let you respond to both of those magnolia and how
1: you have received images magnolias are brilliant you know they have this smooth bark and they grow so stalwart and strong and the roots are seen from below. There's like a hiding space inside. The leaves are coated, so they're protected from the cold and the winter, and they last, and they are brought out in celebration during the holiday time. And, you know, we are in the South, you lose your leaves, a lot of deciduous trees, and there are few trees besides pine trees that keep us going in the winter, and the magnolia is one of them, and the blossoms that come on them are magnificent. I hosted a dinner on Sunday night, Uh and I went to my backyard to see what was blooming, and I cut what was blooming, and it was put in there by someone who helped us with our yard 23 years ago. Didn't know what it was. Yesterday, I looked it up, and it's a special type of magnolia, so it keeps showing up in my life as well, Mm -hmm. and it's something, it's one I didn't see on the East Coast. It's more of a West Coast, (laughs) Eastern. No, it's really little. Um, I'll I'll send you a picture of it. It's little and the flowers are little and they're not complicated and they're just beautiful. I love how you have a
0: shrub. I really love how you just presenced the entire magnolia tree because I think, and this is what I'm exploring with the magnolia as the archetype for feminine leadership is how long it takes for this tree to establish itself, which is 15 to 20 years before it brings its full blossom, right? And there's so many parts, people get really focused on the blossom, right? And I think our culture does that too, right? Where's the thing, where's the offering, where's the final product? And they miss, and we miss this entire root structure, this beautiful tree, the bark, the leaves, all of it. And we get focused on this blossom, but we can't do that without the 15 to 20 years, And so a lot of what's coming in around Magnolia leadership is really honoring women like you and me who have lived, who have gone through it in every direction, beautiful lives and challenging lives, right? Grit, softness, all of it. And now we're at this crossroads as women who hold this wisdom, right? How to lead, what does it mean to walk through fire? How do we initiate ourselves so that we have this perfect offering. And it's just so great to connect with you because you feel into the entire tree. You didn't start with the blossom.
1: No, no. As a matter of fact, the idea of birthing Magnolia is really important because I was a hider of inside trees. I loved to go and spend a lot of time by myself inside the tree. It was a safe place, a quiet place. It was like a home. And magnolias were extremely special. And you could actually climb up inside of the tree if it was large enough. Mm. Um, my neighborhood didn't have a lot of them because we were not an established. It started in the 1940s, my neighborhood. You had to go to the older neighborhoods to get the big ones. Mm-hmm. And when, when I was in college, I went to school in Fredericksburg. And on the corner from where I went was Mary Washington's home. I lived at her weaver's cottage. I, li- mm. I rented out the weaver's cottage. It's pretty amazing. I wanted to make a wreath. Just the house was going to be on um, a tour. And I was out at 9 p.m. clipping magnolia greenery mm-hmm. to make a wreath. This was, you know, was what, 19? Mm-hmm. And I got to the other side, and there was somebody else doing it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. She goes, I'm doing the same thing.
0: <laughs>
1: we both found each other giving, getting from that tree. And you would every, the whole neighborhood could have done that, and we would have never even seen a dent in the tree. It was so full and giving because it's been around since George Washington's time. So
0: amazing. That's a beautiful story. So I love two things that you just said, hiding inside trees, (laughs) right? That's so amazing. And then just like following your creative expression and meeting other women along the way. Like those two themes are really interesting to me. Let's uh, mark those and come back. I want to actually explore for you a key moment in your life or, or a few where you have felt truly guided by source, by spirit, by God, by goddess, by the sacred feminine, whatever word we want to use, where you have received guidance
1: and how you've worked with that in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, and I can't approach the first topic without saying that I was seeing you. And (laughs) that's my first experience. (laughs) Um, It was my first experience with Mm -hmm. the idea of, guided hypnosis. Is that a good word? That works. For me, for me, it was. If if you can figure out therapy, we'll hire you to do the marketing. (laughs) Okay. Right. I know without (laughs) sounding too hoo-ha or too scary or like you want to live into it. And my children were growing. I did felt a little bit not sure what I wanted to do. And we had a session where we were talking and I kept saying, maybe Fabric keeps coming up in my mind. And I kept saying, oh, maybe, I, you know, and during the session, this is where it shows that the session is one part, but then it lives on. So the session, I found myself falling back in this colorful fabric, which is kind of funny because I didn't go that direction, but very colorful fabric. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll do tours in India." like, I just didn't know what it was going to be. Right. And then within the weeks, in my own dream, this bag kept coming forward. Literally, the Eva tote that I made kept coming fully formed in my dream the shape, the materials, everything. I mentioned it to you, and you, said, well, why don't you explore it? So, I immediately reached out to my friend and original business partner who knew how to make patterns and said, I want to make a bag. That's <laughs> how it started. And that was in June of 2015. And by September we were having meetings, making patterns and we had our first production which was a introductory production in selling by December of 2015. It was pretty quick. A lot of lessons to learn along the way, you know. So
0: okay, so I love this story so much because mm-hmm. it really it really gets to the heart of what we're talking about. We as women in our wombs, right? We are the creators. We have the ability to receive guidance, just by our biology, right? And then gestate and bring forward. And so Mm -hmm. you're talking about being in the world of dreams, Mm -hmm. which of course, you know, there's many ways to understand dreams, but they're magical little gifts. In my mind, that's how I work with them. Magical little gifts, Mm -hmm. this type of dream that is showing you something. Mm -hmm. And if we are receptive, which is also a, a sacred feminine quality and receive it, as like the seed, right? Mm -hmm. And then just start to act and be in response in our creative process. That Mm -hmm. is a very different model than, here's my five-year plan, my 10-year plan, I'm marching toward, which has its place. We Mm -hmm. actually do both, right? But what you Mm -hmm. are describing is a deeply
1: sacred feminine process. Mm -hmm. And what I've found is you can't hold fast to it because I'm finding that it's all going to be shifting and moving. It has its journey, but I'm av- now I'm back again at that place, asking the questions, letting things come forward and I have to be quiet right now. Mm.
0: Can you say a little bit more about where that business has traveled and mm-hmm. share a little bit about the business so that people who are sure, listening
1: sure, sure. understand
0: that this did turn into a business
1: It did. It did. (laughs) I started this food toke company and I had a vision. I really wanted it to be made locally. I believed in sustainability. I wanted to make I found and sourced makers that were local within two miles from my home. I worked on patterns that were sustainable using most of the material. I really branded it all myself because it was about me. It was about community carrying food, elevated because in the South you carry food and usually you carry it. On a cookie sheet. And I was just tired of that idea or showing up to a a party with a Trader Joe's bag with a beautiful thing that I had just gone to the farmer's market and spent hours making. So it was time to elevate this. And I also live in a small place where I, you know, my bag can't always just go hiding in its own cabinet. It needs to be foldable. It needs to be usable. I need to be able to grab it and go at all times. So that's how I started. It did become a business. I worked really hard on getting exposure went with my gut not something I'd done before reaching out to companies figuring out what social media was going to shows meeting community inviting people into my community that's the part I like the most is that it's not just this isolated selling a product it was a community mm. this all was taking place when I will admit you know at this point when my partner decided to end our marriage and so I had to At the peak of it, I was on Food 52. I was on Goop. I was being in magazines. I went to New York now. I got 60 orders, Mm -hmm. but then I had to come home and start Mm -hmm. a four-year journey of ending a marriage. Mm -hmm. So it's had to shift and move. Wholesale is not the way to go. Um, I'm trying to still figure out what it is.
0: It's still happy. You're still nurturing this business.
1: I'm still nurturing it, but it's going to grow.
0: It's going to grow what's... into
1: more of a lifestyle brand a little bit, meaning actual cooking, actual community. The reason why I started wasn't just to become a retail brand um, competing against Food 52 and Pottery Barn. A year ago, I got an order from the Gap for 200 totes for corporate gifting, like, and I was able to fill it. I can do that, but I'm not sure. I'm sitting back. I did not do a big production. I'm not doing big shows right now. I'm listening to what the answer is. So, yeah. and so, tell
0: us what question you're working with. Is it what is the next iteration, or how do I more fully express my vision? Like, what's the what's the question now?
1: Well, the question is a little bit of. I think it comes down to story. Um what the story. <laughs> yeah, it's the story, and that's what keeps coming forward. Mm-hmm. Right when I think you know, I am now having to rebrand myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I'm at 56. I am on my own. I have children that have launched into the world a little bit and I'm rebranding myself.
0: I love that. We're going to talk about that too, because we're kind of in the same age group. Okay.
1: And to make a business fully successful, I would need to go to two or three shows a year. I would need to be in full production all the time, but that's not, doesn't seem to be coming forward as my answer. It's a lovely business, but I'm not sure it's where I want to fully spend my time and energy. I think there's more out there for me. Mm, I love that. just retail. Okay. So
0: you're sitting with this question. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the next unfolding of this story, including a new me? Mm-hmm. A new me. new me. Right rebirth me. For, at the, at absolutely rebirth me. Full of wisdom mm-hmm. and life experience. Like you are a magnolia leader. You're you're the perfect mm-hmm. woman for this conversation. Mm-hmm. And what I heard you say that I think is really interesting is that you're listening. A lot of listening right now. Get still mm-hmm. and quiet and move differently and tune in differently. And being uncomfortable. And be, be comfortable
1: in with being uncomfortable.
0: Yes. Okay. Interesting. So, tell us a little bit about the discomfort of just being in the unknown. How does that show up for you?
1: Well, I just experienced it through um, a contentious four-year divorce. But this is in a new phase. Um, I've been working full-time actually, as well as having my business. And uh, my company just moved to uh, Los Angeles, so I am in between jobs. But as soon as I don't get the answers in that direction, I book. A birthday party and a cooking class in my home. Mm-hmm. I sell some bags. Like some, so things are coming forward. Some answers are coming forward without me even being part of it. Mm-hmm. That feel good, and so I have to allow myself to explore it. And it was my vision. You know, I think another time you and I met when I was very fearful of mm-hmm. the system and divorce, very fragile at that time. It's hard to be that vulnerable and talk about how fragile it was, but you and I met and I was so in the fear and you tried to shift me over into what is your, what do you see as your future? What do you see? And I just, I was not going there. And then finally kept seeing myself behind the counter in my kitchen with my apron on. Mm -hmm. And that is literally what kept me going before I went to a trial for my divorce. I would stand at the edge of my nine foot Island and I would envision people all around it.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I would
1: look, I would look at my dining room table and go, they're going to be people here. They're going to be people here. And those visions kind of kept me in my story and out of the loud chatter of the legal system. This is amazing.
0: This is sacred feminine leadership. I didn't know how to define it when you, you know,
1: when at first I was like, not sure how to define it, but well, whatever. you're talking about holding power. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right? holding power is the biggest one I've ever learned to do from you. Well, and you've
0: done beautifully. And you know, you're talking about a four-year initiation into deeper and deeper levels of your power, and it's been amazing to witness close up and from afar. But what you're talking about is knowing who you are, and the visual and the future self. Work really does help us anchor. Like there is mm-hmm. something after. This isn't the whole story, and it puts us right, right back in ourselves, mm-hmm. right? This is just a big wave
1: or a mm-hmm. firewalk, however you want. Probably more of a firewalk for you, right? Mm-hmm, sure. Well, okay. when people said I can't wait for for COVID to be over, I was always just thinking, this is my everyday life. Why would I want this day to be over? Even the <laughs> divorce, I don't want any of these days to be over. I wanted to find delight in the difficult, a delight in the silence, a delight in the fight, you know, it was very important for me every day to refine that and not wish my life away with COVID or fear or, oh yeah. That's amazing.
0: Finding the light and the delight every day.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And one of the tools that you used was connecting with the future self. Mm -hmm. and visualizing that and looking at where that was already happening like here's Mm -hmm. my kitchen Mm -hmm. and staying
1: prayer yeah okay let's talk about you know I'm I'm spiritual religious I'm I'm very easy when it comes to you know I'm a very private person about these things so it's not it's not something that I talk about to many people so this is very interesting that here I am on a podcast talking about these moments yeah it's beautiful coming out
0: it's important that we we share Right. That we give voice because the sacred feminine and, you know, when we're talking about the sacred feminine, we're talking about the rebalancing of the feminine power in concert with the masculine, not against, Mm -hmm. not putting the masculine down. Right. But in concert with the healthy masculine. So we're Mm -hmm. healing that patriarchal wound so we can be in a deep sacred union. Right. And so you can look at the archetype, like look at Jesus and Mary Magdalene, right? Mm-hmm. Those two archetypes are coming through more. And mm-hmm. for me personally, mm-hmm. you and I have a common religious background too, where we were raised in the South in a Christian faith, right? <laughs> and we have traveled to California where you can experience all types of spirituality, mm-hmm. right? And all mm-hmm. types of ways of being in relationship. So it is a private journey. Mm-hmm. But people learn so much from us sharing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about your first relationship with the sacred and what that felt like,
1: if you're comfortable with it. And that could my, be my first relationship, meaning all the way back to. Sure. High school we'll just, or college or, moment or, where you felt like God
0: is here or I'm being God guided or I need to call on
1: something. Well, I can't say that. I mean, it start, it's kind of in me. Um, I was that child. I was very spacey, (laughs) very dreamy, very dreamy. Um, When people talk about their religious experience, it was such adversity. I don't feel that at all. I felt, even though I was at a very uptight Presbyterian church, I felt loved. I just felt Mm -hmm. loved. Uh, We did, we did God spell. I felt like Jesus was the coolest hippie in the world. Mary, Mary Magdalene was, Fabulous! Oh, like she funny. washed feet and put oil on them. Like I'm just like I loved it all. So that that was my early, and then I never explored it through you know early adulthood. You don't. I just left left it behind. But I always felt deep love of a community, and mm. I think that 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 deep support always was there supporting me as I was finding my way in the world.
0: Okay, so community is a word that keeps coming up. Yes. So, and I do, I mean, I do feel like it's in the South and in other places, but the South really, really honors community, especially in the churches, right? It's Mm -hmm. just a place where you belong, no matter what. And there is a group holding you steady. Mm -hmm. I don't know about Mm -hmm. you, but as I've been establishing myself in the West, I've wanted that community, but I haven't ever found that same Mm -hmm. flavor, right? Mm -hmm. I've had friend groups, I've studied in different spiritual mm-hmm. circles i've had my mm-hmm. own women's group but i've never had that same like community that i had in the episcopal church that i grew up in mm-hmm. where i was seen and witnessed and helped through all of my initiations all my journeys right mm-hmm. so i hear it in you that that was so important that and also the connection with nature right mm-hmm. that is a sacred connection like being in a mm-hmm. tree literally and receiving mm-hmm. guidance. Mm-hmm. And these themes are still present. This is still what you want to pull forward, right? Always. Is about community. Right. So tell me some different ways that you're cultivating, not just in your work, but I think you're a master from what I see and know of you of creating really beautiful curated spaces for
1: people to gather in. Mm-hmm. Right. I love to do it. And it keeps being I keep being, so I was doing Sunday suppers for the last year with um, a friend who's, who moved to Menlo Park and her son lived up here and wanted to spend more time with her, but he didn't want to go down there. So we'd spend the night here and we'd have Sunday suppers. Next thing you know, there would not be just four of us. They would, because that's when Branch was still living here, my son, there'd be eight of us. Can I invite so-and-so? Then, Sometimes it'd be of, you know, we'd just be a group. And I love to do it and it feels really good. But now I'm to the point where I actually need to use my space as possibly part of my income. Right. So I'm thinking about how could I give this to other people? How could I allow people that don't know each other to sit around a table and, and feel comfortable in dialogue? How could I create experience for a corporation who wants to do team bonding while they make pasta. What, what, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to like, let me live into a little bit.
0: So our, the things that we are most passionate about and the things that we enjoy, if we can Mm -hmm. give ourselves to it, we can also make money. I'm here to put the stake in the ground, right? We can do what we love and make money doing it because it's our gifts that we are meant
1: to bring forward. So I just hosted um, a friend of mine my cookbook club group. It's a high-level cookbook group. These people are serious. You can't just be in it. You have to be really good at it. Uh, (laughs) She has a 12-year-old, and they they were looking for cooking classes for young people, and they just couldn't find one that wasn't just simply rolling out pizza dough, right? So I just hosted her Valentine's Day with six girls. We made a sesame chicken schnitzel and and a caper pickle slaw and chopped salad and they sat with a decorated table and it was just lovely and the girls felt seen they felt heard they felt community one little girl left and she said to the host or you know the co-host that was the highlight of my year oh wow they felt like adults you know they felt felt the the, magic (laughs) Yeah, she felt the magic of being present being greeted it's really interesting because I think these
0: you're also talking about a very sacred feminine practice, which is alchemizing food to be medicine, mm-hmm. right? It's more than just making chicken. Oh yeah. It's the love you put in. It's the intentionality. It's the purpose. It's the sharing. It's the
1: gathering, right? And it's fun. And there's play and there's pleasure. I mean, you should have seen them as I had the bowls lined up. They would go, flower, egg, ready. And they would run around to the back. And they, it was like this little, like, it was hilarious. It was just fun. It's beautiful.
0: And then there's mm-hmm. that art, the art of gathering people, right? And so these are deeply, deeply sacred feminine practices, right? And what I want to see and a big part of Magnolia leadership is the second part of this. And we deserve to be compensated as sacred you women, know. right? Because These things are what are going to heal our world. The pain in our world is completely based. If we want to make it really simple in separation and disconnection, right? And the remedy is connection. Mm -hmm. And so that is where the feminine power exists. Mm -hmm. And I want to see that valued. So, Someone who has the skill set of curating something like that to me is like, yes, let's get behind you and let's make this a business. Let's take that Mm -hmm. into what you already are, right?
1: Well, without even trying, I've just booked my second party. I'm going to do for younger younger girls. We're going to do a high tea where they make their own scones, their own butter and their quick jam. And then we sit down and eat them. Amazing. I mean, I can see so
0: many things coming out of this right? And so what many, I do, <laughs> and it's what you do. And this is the, this is the thing that the Magnolia is emphasizing, which is inside of us. There is a blueprint. It's here. All we have to do is remember that seed. Mm-hmm. If you really are take off the layers, like through each initiation we go through, right? Ah. You've been a different person over the past four years, you've removed layers covering up. And now here we are. And that's where the, that's where the bloom comes, right? Mm -hmm. It's amazing that we're getting to have this conversation actually right on the precipice of this.
1: And I love the way you're Mm -hmm. holding it. It's like, it's just happening through me. I am. It's interesting. I I committed to doing this with you. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting job. Like I kind of did a little bit of a, an emotional dive. The vulnerability is here. And I'm like, what am I going to say? how am I going to do this? How am I going to hold myself up? But then I realized, well, you have been doing this for a long time. Mm. You have the grace, you have the presence, and now you have the vulnerability and the story to back it up.
0: Mm.
1: I love that you're showing up just in the middle, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Perfection Mm -hmm. is not required in this Mm -hmm. arena, right? We don't have, that's actually a construct,
1: Exactly. And and that was what I, you know, told my friend who I gave the party for. I said, this is going to be not your typical cooking class where it's all organized and everybody chops the same thing. It's going to be a little bit more give and take, see where the girls are, it's like coming to my kitchen. It's just like what I love to do. I adopt my children and their friends. So they're just kind of coming in as my replacement children and friends. And you know, it's an, it's an alchemy that you're
0: talking about. Mm-hmm. You're talking about being an alchemist with food. Mm -hmm. and bringing people together. And like you say, it's just what I do, but there are people who have lost the art. This is a lost art, right? And there are people who have no idea how to do this, Mm -hmm. right? You and I were bred. I mean, it was like part of our environment, Mm -hmm. you know, people, I don't know how it was at your house, but on Sunday, it was like, there was something on the stove. People would pop by and sit on the porch and bring something to add and just food and gathering was woven into the culture and
1: yes, yeah. there was time for it right mm-hmm. but we live i do feel that we live in a great area the bay area you know it is there's so much food there's so much emphasis on food but it's also just once again i mean here i am talking about commoditizing it but it's That's still okay. just kind of it's still like a commodity commodity it's a dinner out a being served But how can we really make it worthy that you leave a different person having sat down, shared a meal, talked without a script, without a, you know, what happens? Will you laugh? Will you make a new friend? Will you meet somebody that's not quite your age, not quite your status, not quite who you are? Maybe you'll meet and have a connection.
0: And have some open mindedness around who people Mm -hmm. are. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. love multi-generational, you know, mixed, everything Mm -hmm. mixed so that we can actually have these conversations Mm -hmm. that are so important. So are you in a hostess role where you're facilitating conversation or is that something that just seems to happen through the curation of the event?
1: Well, we talked, so when 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 the girls came in, I had Moroccan mint tea and we sat around and we just talked about our day for a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, decompressed because it was on it was on a Tuesday, so we decompressed a little bit. And we talked, and we kind of got to shed the day a little bit, and then we started cooking. But when they sat down to the table, they they were friends, so they took over. I see. You know what I mean? I would not need to facilitate that group, but Thank if it were more. a
0: larger group, hmm? you got to witness their. I conversation. got to witness it.
1: Mm-hmm. I bet that was an amazing and conversation. It was wonderful. It was, and they had they were just delighted with mm-hmm. themselves they took home the menu. I mean, the uh, recipes They could take it, make it when they got home for their family, if they wanted to, yeah, it was, it was. I don't know. It, it literally came out of nowhere and I just did it and it was so much fun. So I like that you're in the vulnerability
0: of I'm now 56. I'm on mm-hmm. my own. I'm redefining who I am and what I want my life to look like. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the answers, but I have trust in this. I have a I feel that there's like this trust in you that I want to name, right? I do. I do have trust and faith and quiet listening to power. (laughs) Right. And so, you know, that's, that is a big part of the journey, right? When there is the unknown, we surrender and we trust Mm -hmm. that source has us, that we will know the next step to take and that we will be supported if we open And we, I see you're like, yes, if we open and (laughs) right, the open and the receiving, which is also part of the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. We open and receive what is right here, which is
1: a life that you're just. I heard a new way of thinking about it devotion. You think a devotion, you're like devotion to a God, a devotion to something else. But I've been, I heard it turned around the other way as a devotion to accepting. Mm. like receiving. I love it. And I've had to completely, that has never been my, I've always been a giver. And these last four years, I have had to receive on every level to survive.
0: Mm. Would you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Like what part of it? Well, you've brought up, you know, the last part of your journey. Mm -hmm. Let's just give people a picture. You don't have to get into the details of like, just an image of who you were at the start of the initiation into the dissolution of your marriage. Mm-hmm. And of course we know everything that touches that also is composted and re- and, and renewed and who you are now, just a little snapshot because I want them to, to feel what mm-hmm. it is like to walk through an initiation of four years of things falling away mm-hmm. and you rising
1: right? Because that's, that's what you've done. And that's what initiation Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Well, I walked into it, at kind of the height of Millie Lottie. I went to orders, but that was not acceptable. I was supposed to be brought down Mm. to a deep, dark place. Mm. That's, that was the positioning that I was supposed to go into this divorce with, not knowing that it had been planned for a long time. And I did not know this. So I went in trusting caring how okay we don't want this to go on anymore let's do it collaboratively did not know what I was dealing with because Mm -hmm. I had been a different person I didn't know what I was living in all these years Mm -hmm. so I had to battle financial insecurity I was given you know I was given no child support or spousal support for four years and I was denied it at the end Mm -hmm. I was Dealt with a system that is allows a lot of abusive behavior. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the divorce system allows and covers up mm-hmm. and does not bring light to, or there's no consequence for mm-hmm. poor behavior and mm-hmm. abuse. And I didn't want to say, I kind of want to stay away from that word, but it is what it is. Yes. I had to keep going back and listening to, I mean, you can call it a feminine guide. I call it an angel sometimes.
0: Uh, My mother
1: is no longer with me. And I feel that she was there telling me things all along. Even came in to tell me I'm not alone. And that was very powerful for me. So you experienced your mom as
0: the angel or there was an angel and then also your mother's ancestor? I don't
1: know. I just Maybe I put my mother's face on it and name on it. I don't know. Possibly.
0: You don't need to know. I'm just, I don't need to know the expression. But it, it, your mother's wisdom was present.
1: Well, like in the system, you're told that you're supposed to accept what's presented to you as the truth, right? right? In, in and pa- when you do paperwork for divorces, this is the truth. I know the facts. You're going to understand these facts. But on this long journey, driving I kept saying, well, That doesn't, those numbers don't make sense to me. This Mm -hmm. might be too much detail, but I think it's important for people to know. I think
0: many women can relate to this story.
1: That I went to a realtor and said, could you run my trust? I'm I'm understanding why we still owe so much when we paid down our house all the way. There were 12 HELOCs against my home. Home Mm -hmm. equity lines of credit that I did not know about. Okay, Money had been, and it's allowed to be happening. So like, I would never have known that it's allowed, it's acceptable, but I'm glad I have the wherewithal to listen so I have a story and maybe I can help other people someday. So I'm
0: seeing, I mean, I love that you know when you need to listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's just something that happens where you're just like, this isn't right. I act on it really quickly. (laughs) That is really great, right? Mm -hmm. So you know how to listen to your inner wisdom. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: You know how to cultivate the guidance of your Mm -hmm. resources, right? And Mm -hmm. we call them Mm -hmm. resources, you know? So many resources. Inner or outer. And I know that you had a lot of um, inner support and outer support, right? Mm -hmm. And you mentioned prayer and you mentioned visualizations and you mentioned
1: community. So all of these things were present as you were walking your firewall. Absolutely. And the other thing is, I think the system kind of wants to keep you in a hysterical place so that you are not seen as a valuable person in the end of a marriage with what is acceptable so you have to go deep to find your power and your grace it's sad that we women have to do that or Mm -hmm. but we do we have to go we cannot be hysterical we cannot be um accusatory we have to be smart Mm -hmm. graceful Mm -hmm. guided Mm -hmm. and the reality is no one's going to win in the end that's the truth, but at least you will know the truth.
0: I love that grace. Of course, is amazing gracefulness, right? No matter what sort of inner turmoil, and we are emotional and that's totally fine, but keeping center and not merging fully with, with that emotional part of ourselves. Don't engage. As women. Don't engage, right? And it sounds Don't like engage. you've learned so much about how to honor your process and stay in your center and not and like, just not engage the negativity. And it took this four-year journey, which is like, you know, not how we would choose to learn it. I mean, I've walked that same fire walk in a different way. Of course. I want to give people a sense of who you see yourself as now. So if going in, you were trusting and yeah. sort of waking up and having to do the descent into the darkness right? Really did an underworld journey. You did that Mm -hmm. dive to the raw place where you met your shadow. Like when you say I I wasn't paying attention, I wasn't awake, like that's shadow material, right? And now you're ascending. Like I see it, you're coming back out. Mm I don't know if you're all the way, but you're close, right? This reminds me of the the Venus cycle, right? She goes down yeah, there's a whole cycle with the the Venus. We, we can talk about that. It's a whole nother episode. <laughs> um, but you're coming out. So, ha- if you could give yourself a visual or an image or a, a feeling or a color, like how do you see yourself now or even an archetype? Who are you now?
1: There's this idea of the like, I was a mother. Yeah, very serious mother. mother. You know, I still am. <laughs> yeah. But it shifted. I have a different feeling relationship with that mothering but what's in me is mm-hmm. still there to mother others not in a codependent yes. but mother in listening less guiding because people don't really need to hear the guy but empowering to trust mm. who you are inside mm-hmm. Trust community more. there's a lot of distrust against for the other and for people. And I just, for such a talker and, you know, I'm a talker. (laughs) I talk talk a lot less. I talk a lot less. Mm -hmm. I listen more, especially on -on one-on-one and in Mm -hmm. small groups, I try to talk even less. Like it's interesting, but it's all just more empowering to me. So it sounds, I mean, I keep
0: feeling this goddess, the, the hearth tender, right. The one who truly, tends the hearth, right? Yeah. Not as a, you're doing it. You're doing this arc from that. I would call like that mother where we can be nourishing and expressed and loving and mm-hmm. holding the shadow side is we can be martyrs, codependent, lose mm-hmm. ourselves, like all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very cancerian, right? Mm-hmm. It, that you've made that journey. And now mm-hmm. you're coming to this place where you're you're leading. You're actually mm-hmm. leading. So you've made the journey from mother. You're embodying the great mother archetype, but from mm-hmm. a leading place like when you say, "I'm listening," "I'm empowering." Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. very different than, "Oh my gosh, I need to fix it for you and make your breakfast every morning." And this is what I did. Yeah, of course we did. You and I, we were very similar mothers, I think. And it's like mm-hmm. I'm in that same place now too, where I'm like. I don't wanna, I'm not anybody's mama. I am not your mama. I mean, I will mama you when you come home and I will, mm-hmm. you know, but we're doing this different, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that's a shift for my clients. It's a shift for my business. That's a big part of Magnolia leadership,
1: mm-hmm. right? And we're
0: also up against so much programming as women around what a good
1: mama looks like, right? Well, and I was just, my last job, I was in a, in a um, you know, I'm having to start over. When I, when I went and got a job, Yeah, I'm going entry level, honey. Yeah. If I'm lucky. It was an entry level position. So I was with a lot of people that I was probably their mother's age. Loved them. I Mm -hmm. wasn't completely mothering, I accepted them as who they are. I delighted in what they're going through and what they're thinking, empowering them. Meanwhile, just doing my job
0: mm-hmm. by bringing
1: my skills to the job. You know, mm-hmm. I was very good at forethought. Anyway, bringing are my really, production. I'm really
0: hearing and feeling a weaving of mm-hmm. who you are coming together for this next iteration, right? Where you're holding space for people You're a space holder for people to come together, have intimate conversations, Mm -hmm. feel community Mm -hmm. and create something nourishing and beautiful. And you're you're the one curating it. And that's really, really valuable and really, really beautiful. I have this business idea, too, and I'm just going to share it here because I think it's interesting. I've been having a lot of conversations with women who are dating either younger women who are, you know, in their thirties and trying to find their partners and also women like us who are coming out and, you know, dating again. And the number one thing I hear is they don't like doing the apps, right? Because it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel... Haven't done one. Okay. So there is a need. And I was telling this client yesterday for some sort of ability to gather as single people in a non stressed environment where it's just like everybody here's single and we can have a conversation. We have fun. And maybe you meet somebody and maybe you don't. Oh, I'd be so good at that. As a new way of dating. It I don't know if it's like a lunch club. I don't know what it is, but there's something that would feel more natural. And maybe, you know, it's just, uh, maybe there's a topic. I don't know, but there's some like, how do we bring true connection back for people who don't want to go to bars and don't want to be on dating apps? And I was like, oh, you have a beautiful meal, right? And it's so there's I think no
1: pressure to be with one person.
0: Exactly. But let's say
1: maybe there is more. Right. And I so I'm just I'm sharing it
0: because I think there's lots of different applications for what you're talking about. It's so you've got the girls on the threshold, right? they're on their threshold of becoming. We have maybe another group who's like on a threshold of dating. There's all these different thresholds where it would benefit people to come together. It's almost like these different kinds of supper clubs, but- Mm, Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Farmer's market gatherings, uh, whatever, yeah. So not right now we're in the feminine where we're
0: just, you and I are playing together, right? With what is around Mm. and what is present. And so we have to make space for that. Right. And you get to choose as a creator what you're going to do with, mm-hmm. any, with any kind of information or feedback that you get. But it's
1: very palpable that something's mm-hmm. important. I feel mm-hmm. it. You know, and then the struggle, we have to talk about that part. Yeah. We have absolutely. to listen to the voice that we grew up with. Well, where are you going to get your health insurance, Jan? That's my dad, as an engineer, would say. Or. <laughs> my ex-partner, that is not a very good idea. That is not sustainable Mm. for society saying, you're a single mom now, you need to get a job. Mm. So you know that's what the, that's what, that was handed to me by, you know, all the courts. That was handed to me by lawyers. That was handed to me by, so, you know, those are the things that I have to, that's down there, that's the muck and the mire. Yes. And then, so I have to tell you something. So, you know, my, you know, what my last name is, yep. what is it hammock? What's, hammock. Do you know what a hammock is? Yeah. What? Something that you relax into. No. Oh, so the, so the traditional one that you see in England, mm-hmm. which is where my family came from. And then the South they're called, uh, if you look at some, I think one of the definitions I looked up was um, a Southern piece of fertile soil. And oh. what it is, is it's when there's a marsh, which is a pretty fertile place. They're very wet. During the dry season, they dry out in patches. And those patches, where all of a sudden something like the wind blows and grass, seeds, seedlings, land, it can grow up and become a little island inside of a marsh. And that's a hammock. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Amazing. (laughs) I know. Hmm. How do you feel that informing you just right now? Well, that's what it is. I've been in a marshy, mucky way, and I, you know, what is going to take hold as I'm dry as it's drying out, when all this rain and the floods subside, and what is going to be lasting in there for the rest for the part of my life? Mm-hmm. And I wonder sometimes if the hammock idea came from maybe the Native Americans went out to those areas and mm-hmm. strung up things to sleep on in the middle. Of the, I don't know, but I just, anyway. Things are fascinating. <laughs> Okay,
0: so here you are on your, you're going to be bringing forward the next iteration of you, mm-hmm. right, and of course your business, and you are leading, you truly are leading that from an aligned soul, earth, align. I, what I hear is like this soul alignment, earth alignment, community alignment, right, sacred alignment, and, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned the struggles, and I think, you know, we're talking about programming and really getting clear on what it is that that keeps us bound, that keeps us small, that keeps us out of our fullest potential. And you're calling it voices and that's a great way to do it. Right. And we all have it. We all have the same programming and then we Mm -hmm. all have our special version of it. Mm -hmm. So there's that cultural programming. Like who are you to, right? Think. Who are you to? Yeah. Who are you? And I'm like, who am I not to? Right. I mm-hmm. ought to. And then mm-hmm. there's the familiar programming, like the voice of your father. Right. And, and some of that is really valuable. Right. <laughs> and there's times when we listen and there's times when we say, like, we have to do this our way. But we will always be. Working with those voices and what we get to do in our power is decide how much influence they have. And what we're going to take it or not. And what needs to just like sit in the back of the car and put the seatbelt on and we're going to keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's true that this isn't, we want to have wings and we want to transform and we want to be the Phoenix rising. And that requires diligence, power, work, determination, choice, you know, resourcing so much to like. Not listening to fear. Fear is (laughs) real. Fear is real and also on one level not real because when we're truly aligned with our soul, that's the most support that we need, right? And if we're truly aligned with source, fear doesn't take hold. That doesn't mean that we're in denial, it's there, it's a companion.
1: How much of a companion we allow it to be is up to us, right? I, I- don't live in it, I didn't as a parent, yeah. and I don't, I never did as a young adult that lived very true to myself when I was young, you know, so I had to, I feel kind of back in that power a little bit. I feel, even though I'm 28 years older after my marriage, I feel like that person prior to marriage. Mm. I feel that kind of reclaiming that spirit and that soul.
0: Ooh. Okay. I can't wait for this to come through. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what we're talking about. The remembering, right. And it is, right. It is. Who we are as young women, in some cases, is closer to who we really are than who we become when we become the wife, the mother, and all of that. Oh, right.
1: I love <laughs> the asking questions, not knowing, the innocence, because that's how you learn. Like that's why I that's why I get along so well with the with the young people. I'm like, I don't, I'm not there to tell them what to do. I'm not, I'm just there to also learn mm-hmm. and express. Mm. and it takes a while it's interesting how they kind of hurt, you know the younger people I worked with were just looking at me like hmm but we're we have lunches together now that we don't work together we're gonna have dinner together so like I love them I just love them
0: so you're embodying that's what I'm hearing is you're really embodying and that's another aspect of sacred feminine leadership mm-hmm. your life is is showing this is what it can look like this is what it can mm-hmm. be like right mm-hmm. come and sit under my tree and enjoy enjoy the shade <laughs> The fragrance here. Right. And I think that is. Well, I think that's part of this. And I really want to give voice to this very important time in our lifespan that you and I are in, in our 50s, that is often overlooked. Right. We're not Crohn's. We're not maidens. We're not mother, but this is, it's like a different archetype is coming forward as we're living longer, mm-hmm. where we are fully engaged. We are mm-hmm. sensual. We are enjoying life. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. engaged, right? We're mm-hmm. not quite the crone. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah. right. And there's so much play in this space and it's so misunderstood. And that's part of what Magnolia leadership is too, is to like give voice to this part of life, mm-hmm. right? And where young people could benefit, And where we could benefit from sharing, like, it's so juicy. It's such a beautiful tapestry that isn't, it's not honored. I mean, you know, the traditional culture is like, you know, what are you going to do about aging? How are you going to get rid of your wrinkles? And how are you going to like have a nice ass? And it's, there's so much more going on.
1: I was thinking about that. And the people that I loved the most were older ladies that I grew up with. I mean, didn't you just love them? That's who I loved and felt heard and seen. And they were kind. They weren't competing. They were just community. And they were mothering all of us. They mothered me as much as my mother mothered me. You
0: need those women who've gone before. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's end on this. I know
0: your business name is connected to your. Yes your lineage. And so yes. I would just love to hear a little bit, cause I feel like the wisdom of the grandmothers is really part of what we need to repair. And I just love mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about your grandmothers as well. Okay. Go. Well, this is
1: my name is my mother. mother.
0: Oh, okay. Mothers it was Mildred. Okay. Yeah, Mildred. Let's, talk
1: about, let's talk about your female line then. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm pretty much. Uh, my mother was born in the North in Pennsylvania. Oh. So oh, she was 100% of German descent, you know, strong Pennsylvania Dutch, grew up on a farm. Jeez. My father, Southern, you know, Fanny Alice was my grandmother. Millie Lottie, my mother's name, a lot of people in the South called her Millie. So mm-hmm. that's where I got the Millie from. And then Lottie was my um, aunt, Lottie Gray. Mm-hmm. Um, that I almost named my daughter that, but I named her Eva Gray instead. Mm-hmm. And um, these are the women, you know, that I kind of knew. They were a lot older, but there was a sense of the strong feminine and they all made changes in their lives. they kind of broke out of the Southern way a little bit. They moved out of the South they moved away a little bit from where they, generations. I mean, since the 1600s had been in one place and they moved on and they changed things a little bit and took risks, which is interesting. But yeah, it's uh, the traditions of the home from my Fanny Alice, my grandmother. Um, I, when my parents shut down their home, I live in I live in a flat. I didn't need anything that they had. I just said, I'm sorry, I don't need it. But I did get my grandmother's bread bowl. Nice. I got her bread bowl from when she got married in 1905. Oh, beautiful. And my grandmother um, was born in 1886. And she actually went to college a little bit, which is pretty amazing. So, Pretty amazing. okay.
0: And so, when oh, we we'll, like, yeah. sit in this place of the sacred feminine, we are sitting in our connection to these women who've gone before us, mm-hmm. and we're playing it forward. You have a daughter mm-hmm. to play it forward to, right? And we're, playing, I do, and, and our son's benefit too. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, really absolutely. what we're talking about. Ancient voices
1: spill the secrets.
0: That's it for this episode of Magnolia Leadership Podcast. Having you here is such a blessing. As a Magnolia woman, we are leading from our deep aligned power to bring our full bloom to ourselves and our gifts to the world. If you're inspired by this podcast, I invite you to share it with someone or leave a review. Sign up for our newsletter or one of Magnolia Leadership's upcoming in-person, or online offerings at magnolialeadershipco.com. Thanks for listening. Until next time, so much love to you.